Well, a very good evening to you and welcome along to Revelation TV. You're watching Speaker's Corner with myself and Dawson. And for all of you prophecy buffs out there, either seasoned or new to the whole prophecy debate or uh, subject, we really have uh, got something very, very interesting for you this evening. We're going to be asking you, uh, where is the UK in biblical prophecy? You know, do you find it in the Bible? Is it even anywhere in the Bible? And how can you substantiate that? I it's a fascinating subject and of course it requires our expert here and that's Pastor mm -hmm. Derek Walker who is no stranger to the world of prophecy. Uh, great to have you here this Thank evening. You, this is um, it, it's a really really interesting and very timely topic so. as well yeah. Derek isn't it? That's right I think it's very pertinent now uh, particularly with Brexit having In light just of, happened. Yes it's um, finally happened. What and is the uh, identity? What is the destiny of the United Kingdom? Well, once we can work out the, you know, where the UK is and, you know, if it is in the Bible and you really believe it is quite yes. clearly and that's what we're going to be talking about, the next question on our lips would be, well, you know, what's going to happen next? You know, what does it say about where we are in biblical prophecy? And this isn't all about, you know, guessing dates and guessing times. This is about actually finding where the UK could be in biblical prophecy to see what it says about the unfolding of end time events well as always it is a live program so we would love you to text and email uh, the addresses we will and the numbers we'll put up on your screen as and uh, how we go along but uh, just starting off then let's start off with that question we'd love to hear from you by the way but let's just start off with well where do you want to start Derek vast subject where is the UK in biblical prophecy well I think I would like to start with uh a subject that po possibly is well known to people that uh, what I call the imminent invasion of Israel that there is this prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and part of Ezekiel 39 that that is a very detailed prophecy of what will happen in the latter days when Israel is regathered to the land and uh, this has not been fulfilled yet and yet at the same time it's as if all the you know all the ducks are lined up yes. uh, for it to happen and, and, and Brexit is, is one more duck, as it were, that, that puts it in place. And this, uh, this battle involves a nation called Tarshish. And uh, it's an interesting issue as to who is this Tarshish. But let me just talk about this, this invasion, first of all. Um, it, it, it talks about what I believe is um, Russia, Iran, Turkey, who are kind of aligned together right now, uh, are going to invade uh, not Israel as such, but the mountains of Israel in the prophecy. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to show a picture uh, in a second now that, that shows the, what the mountains of Israel are. It's the biblical heartlands. But these mountains of Israel um, actually correspond almost precisely to what is known today as the West Bank. And it's really where the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's also called Judea, Samaria. Uh, and these mountains, it's, it's described in this prophecy in Ezekiel 38, that these massive invading army go onto the mountains of Israel. Now, it's significant that, and, and then God intervenes supernaturally, and he destroys those invading armies. And this becomes a, a major divine intervention. And, and it says God is glorified in the eyes of the nations. And I believe this will spark a, a tremendous revival across the, the, the world. So we need to be ready for that. The interesting thing is that um, uh, 
we, we can put it together with the present politics right now, especially with the, the, the Trump peace plan, for example, because the effect of that is, even though it's going to be rejected by the Palestinians, is that it's going to give Israel possibly the right on, and the courage to annex maybe 30% of the West Bank, wow. as well as the Jordan Valley. Now, when Israel do that, the part, much of the world will be in uproar. Well, you can uh, just imagine that. And it's like, if now. nothing is done, then it's, in, it's a win, if you like, for America and Israel. And it may be that that is the point at which Russia will say, no, we can't let this happen. We are going to invade. And this prophecy says Russia does it uh, for their own reasons, you know, to protect their oil and energy control of the Middle East, because now Israel has actually got a lot of oil and gas that they're now right, exporting yeah. in competition with Russia, and Russia's economy depends on that. So Russia will have economic reasons to do this and to keep her control there in, in the Middle East. But she will use the excuse, if you like, oh, no, we're just implementing international law. You know, we are making sure the Palestinians have their, their home there in, in the West Bank. And so you can see how the, 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 it's possible that the Trump peace plan might be a trigger for this. I, I used to think it might be Israel, in, Israel attacking the Iranian nuclear plants. I think, that, that well, I don't think you're alone there. Too, I think a lot of you know. people, um, you know, prior to recent <coughs> events, would have, well, could have imagined that that's how that would have yeah. come about. Something's got to trigger yeah. it. And um, all the invading armies are against Israel essentially, although Russia's a more subtle one. But uh, Russia will, it says, the hook will be in Russia's jaw, which means she doesn't really want to get involved, but something will happen that will it's pull her into like this conflict. This is and of course, this. Iran wants to destroy Israel and Turkey also. And so all the players line up. But the interesting verse for, for tonight is Ezekiel 38, um, 13. And here it describes certain nations who actually speak against this invasion. Now, they don't do anything else but speak, I believe, actually, simply because there's no time, because God intervenes himself and deals with the situation. Uh, and for God, it's a time to judge the, those invading armies. But notice these nations, it's an unlikely combination. Sheba, Didan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, Gog and Magog, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? So they raise the objection, and they're basically saying, you're pretending to do this to, you know, for, for good reasons, you know, for the Palestinians perhaps, but actually the reason is for your own economic benefit. Uh, and we've often looked at that um, in a kind of negative way. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I I've, used to. I was brought up thinking it's almost like, oh yes, you know, uh, we're just keeping our hands clean. We're yeah. not getting involved yeah. in this. I, I think um, if I, I come to the conclusion that if that was the case, um, that God was kind of criticising Tarshish and. And, and Sheba Didan, then it, I wouldn't really be worthy of a mention in the Bible. But I think God's mentioning mentioning these nations to actually say these are the nations allied with to Israel distinguish them in this issue, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so I see that as a positive now. Excellent. And it, the interesting thing is that Sheba and Didan, that's essentially Arabia, 
And merchants of Tarshish, well, one thing we do know about Tarshish, and we'll, you know, to discover the identity of Tarshish, you know, there's over 20 references to Tarshish in the Bible, so there's all kinds of clues. And when we put all the clues together, it's a bit like a detective story, you know, where, where the detective, like Columbo, you know, finds the one explanation that fits everything, yeah. you know. And in, in that way, there is clearly one nation, and only one nation, that fits all the clues. And even if you're not that into prophecy, um, or you don't know that much about prophecy, you know, Tarshish, I think we all know from the story of Jonah, so whether you're really kind of lined up with everything else that's going on in end time events, we know that he was called to Nineveh and he went to Tarshish. It's like yeah. the complete opposite, the opposite direction, direction, as yeah. far away as he could get. Yeah. And what we're doing now and what you're going to be doing this evening is proving to us um, from scripture and, and from other areas as well why you believe that Tarshish is actually Britain. Mm. Because many of you uh, may have well been taught as I was that it was Spain. Yes, it's, fu it's a funny thing that um, so somewhere, somewhere back in time, somebody decided it was Spain. And it's kind of like unthinkingly, everyone then just has carried on question. that idea. Yeah. But there is actually no evidence that it's Spain. And as we're going to see, it contradicts a number of scriptures. But um, it's one of those myths that's just caught on and, and it was just transmitted and people just carry it on. Right, you know what it, I mean? yeah. But there isn't actually any solid evidence that it's Spain. Really, the evidence, is, as What's I want to say, is, is Britain. And one of those is right here, because this is a prophecy of the end times. And what we have here is Sheba Didan, allied, which is Arabia, allied with this Western power called Tarshish, okay? Now, what we notice about Tarshish, first of all, the merchants of Tarshish. Mm -hmm. uh, now, what we, in fact, on this picture that you're looking at now, um, we see that actually uh, Tarshish were, is a Western power. In fact, it's um, the offspring of um, Japheth and in the Table of Nations, and that tells you it's, 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 it's kind of Western Europe type uh, area. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to that picture in a minute. But um, it says that the, it, the merchants of Tarshish, so number one, in the end times, Tarshish will be a trading nation. Now, Britain, especially from the empire, mm -hmm. has always been a trading nation. And I believe since Brexit has happened now, that's going to be a huge boost yeah. In, yeah. in trading. But uh, we've always been known for that. So it says the merchants of Tarshish. And it's very interesting, it says, and the young lions. Now, now of course, Britain is allied with America, with um, Arabia, which seems an unusual alliance, yeah. but because of oil and that, that, that's that's that the, is, that is an alliance. So an unlikely one, but it's there. And, and we do trading with Arabia obviously. And, but the interesting thing is it says all their young lions. So this Tarshish is a colonial power that has many young lions. Now it's interesting that Britain also is symbolized by a lion, isn't it? The, the British Empire was symbolized by a, a lion and even that language was used concerning Britain and the Commonwealth nations. In other words, it's got to be a colonial power uh, and she's got to have lots of young lions. Well, of course, that's true about Britain. Yeah. We understand that. America, Canada, the Commonwealth, which I believe will become stronger now, they form a group of nations, a strong group of nations. Now, it's very interesting to me that in the end times, Tarshish and her young lions must be a power. Now, if Tarshish was Spain, 
She does have young lions. Yeah, but... But they are, like, Brazil and, you know, southern... Um, but they're not a power. No, uh, you wouldn't... You, you know, it would be irrelevant, you exactly. know. Exactly. Forgive Spain, me if you're yeah. Spanish, but if Spain registered an objection... Yeah. For two yeah. reasons. First, it's not militarily powerful. And secondly, it's not an independent nation, it's part of the EU. So the very fact that Tarshish is mentioned as an independent nation here is actually a prophecy. Yeah, very exciting. You know, uh, the, and there, you know, the, some Bible scholars said Brexit is inevitable. It had to happen because of this prophecy. Tarshish in the end times is an independent nation. It's not part of the European superpower. And... And so it can't be Spain, it doesn't fit this end time prophecy, you see. It's got to fit all the prophecies, yeah, all those historical and prophetic, you see. And notice, we have a particularly strong young line, of course, is America. And so this actually predicts that in the end times, when this invasion happens, Tarshish and her young lions will still be aligned. Okay? Now it's very interesting that in the two world wars, who was the Allied powers? Yeah, yeah. It was precisely the Tarshish nations. In both cases, God used the Tarshish nations to resist the evil that come out of yeah. Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and now it seems that, again, we've got a case where the Tarshish nations are actually on the side of Israel, and they are, you know, they are... Um, against we don't know if they do anything but they are certainly spiritually on the on the right side and so just on this prophecy alone um it's hard to see what tarshish is apart from the uk no no other nation actually fits that nation and so they are involved in that and they everything fits the clues in that verse certainly fit the uk and they certainly do not fit spain but that's only the be the beginning of it. But if it's uh, the fact that we merit a mention here is encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, that shows that Tarshish it? does have an important role. And and if Tarshish is the UK, it means that the UK post Brexit has an important role to play as far as God's concerned in the end time events. Mm -hmm. We have to go to the book of Jonah because this uh, is a, is to me. A, cl a clear evidence. It says in Jonah 1.3, you know, that uh, J God was telling Jonah to, to do a difficult assignment to preach to the Assyrians. Yeah. And it, he wasn't afraid for his own life because they were pretty violent lot. But he was concerned, actually, that he would be successful. Yeah, he didn't want they them would to repent, be saved, yes. Exactly. And then God wouldn't judge them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he fled in the opposite, to get as far away as possible from the presence of God, he fled to Tarshish. It says, Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So there the presence of the Lord in the temple is. And, and we can, if we can have that picture again, um, the third picture actually, um, he, he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. So the idea is he wants to go as far away as possible uh, from Israel. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So in the third picture here, um, he is going to Tarshish. Um, and again, he wants to go as far away as possible. Now, so it's the third picture that you're saying. Picture. This is if we can put that up then to just the sort of illustrate picture. that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it says that he went, if you notice, it's from Joppa 
which is on the far right there of the picture, Jaffa or known as Jaffa, that's yeah. where you get the Jaffa yeah. oranges, that's the port on the eastern side of the Mediterranean, that's Israel there. And if you were to go as far away as possible from Jaffa, clearly it's to the west, there is yeah. no route to the east. So you go to the west, you go through the Straits of uh, Gibraltar there, um, the Hercules, yeah. And then you go round to the north, up, and you'll just see at the top of the picture is Great Britain. Now, that was the furthest point away that they knew. They didn't really know about America there. But that's as far as you could go yeah, from Israel I'm just Israel wondering whether maybe one of the reasons why it was Spain is they almost like just did it in a straight line. It's like, how far could you go? And then, okay, well, maybe that was Spain. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that story came from. Whereas, in actual fact, the furthest point would be, you know, yes, it's the further. It's not necessarily the furthest west. No, it's the but furthest. It's the point. furthest away. Yeah. Because that's literally to them, mm -hmm. Tarshish was the the ends of the earth. You you couldn't go yeah, any, any further, further because any further is just the Atlantic Ocean, and right. that was like a, a big yeah. mystery. Forget America so, in those days. Yeah. So in terms of it, you can see why some people might have thought it was Spain. Yeah. All right, but actually, the they we know that the Phoenicians sailed further than Spain. They actually did sail. We, ha we have proof of this, that the Phoenicians sailed to the UK. But that's as far as they went. Mm -hmm. So if Jonah wanted to get... this extra biblical support as yeah. well. Oh, yes, absolutely. There's a lot of other yeah, information no, we'll out get, here. We'll get yeah. to this because mm -hmm. the, the Tarshish had metals yeah. that were very valuable. And, and that's why they made that effort to get to the UK. So it was literally the furthest point. Yeah. If you were sailing to the west, mm -hmm. that's as far out as you can go. So that is in itself strong evidence that, that Tarshish um, is. And, and another thing is that it actually the Tarshish is described as an island uh, in a number of scriptures. But one thing i just come across today actually was um, actually something that's in the British Museum. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, 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 a tablet by the uh, king, Assyrian king, Ezzahadun, who's actually in the Bible. And in the British Museum, there's a quotation from him where he's boasting, of course, about his domination of the world. And he says, all the kings from the lands surrounded by the sea, the lands surrounded by the sea, so these are islands, from Cyprus, he says, and the Ionian Islands, so he's working uh, east to west, Cyprus and the, and the Ionian Islands as far as Tarshish. So Tarshish is the furthest west, uh, bowed to my feet. So he's describing Tarshish as, the, as an island mm -hmm. that is to the far west. It can only be the yeah, UK. It will, yeah. and, and there are a number of uh, scriptures like Isaiah 69, uh, Psalm 72:10, that talk about Tarshish as an island. Uh, should I read so that? that would, uh, yeah. No, that, that's what I, yeah. what I do want to do, if we can, for just a second. So if is, it's an island, it yeah, can't be it Spain. It can't be Spain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to go to some emails, if we can, because yeah. we're getting a lot through. And, and you know, thank <coughs> you so, so much for contacting us and being part of um, the live programme. Uh, first of all, Britain is Tarshish, uh, 100%. We shall throw our crowns at Christ's feet. And there's no name on that one. Thank you very much. Um, Andy from Coventry uh, writes in, the UK is in Revelation and in the Bible 
as is the EU. If I'm right, it is based on the statue of gold, copper, iron and stone, and the UK breaks away from that statue, but I'm not certain on that. Uh, then some nations rise up uh, upon God's chosen people and we stop them. I love the, the way this, this is written, the way you've done it, Andy, or something like that. So uh, a lot yeah. of thoughts going um, out there. And you don't need to answer these individually just no. now. I'm just going to put them out and then you can um, address them when we come back to you, Derek. But um, hello both, says Maggie, and she says, where does Psalm 83, I'm going to stop here, where does Psalm 83 come into all of this? Well, Psalm 83, um, which I cover in my book that you'll mention yeah. later, mm -hmm. um, Psalm 83, some think, uh, is a specific battle. But I think it fits much better the whole scenario from 1948, when Israel's regathered from yeah. the nations. Psalm 83, by the way, is a is a prayer, as it were, describing all the confederacy of all the nations uh, that that yeah. uh, wants Israel's destruction, yeah. and uh, and it, it's a prayer really that God will give them success in defeating those so you enemies. Don't, you don't see that as a singular event. No, I see it as what has been fulfilled. Right. to a great degree okay. since 1948. Israel's had constant attacks from the a confederacy of nations who want to destroy her. So I'm not looking myself to Psalm 83 as being a... A single event. ...has a future yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. In fact, all of those nations that are described have pretty much come against Israel and, and actually suffered defeat as a result. Okay, uh, we've got another one here. I'm not seeing a name, but it says, the invasion will be more likely Turkey and an Arab coalition. King of the North, Iran, will be goaded to hit Israel soon. The US and Russian, and Russia, I think I should say, will neutralize each other in a short nuclear exchange. China will be the new superpower. Repent, brothers and sisters. Ask God to reveal his son, Jesus. Uh, believe he is the Lord and God and died for our sins and is risen. Um, Philip writes in, hi, Anne and Derek. Very interesting program may please may I ask if you, and I know you're probably going to be getting to these um, uh, these points but um, please may I ask you if you believe this will happen before or after the rapture the the invasion of Israel yes I think it's probably going to be before um, it talks about there being a seven-year uh, time after it mm. during which the the you know they'll use the, the remnants of the weapons mm -hmm. and burn them and so on. So the, it, it's not the Battle of Armageddon. It's got to be at least seven years before. And actually, since the action happens on the mountains of Israel, and in the Great Tribulation, Antichrist takes over the mountains of Israel halfway through the Tribulation, that implies to me it's going to be a few years before the Tribulation. So right. the okay. chances are, I believe, that uh, because of imminence we can't, of the Rapture, we can't be sure, because the Rapture could happen any time. But I think it's quite likely it will happen, as I say before, and I, I like to say, this is what I'd like to happen, uh, is that the, as a result of it, there will be a great revival, and it could be the last revival of the church age. Amazing. Um, Val writes in, when is the rapture? Well, you've just said well, we, we, we don't say. know exactly. But, it could be you any know, time. But, um, so. I, this ties in with um, 
Uh, another question that we got from uh, Tony, who says, Good evening, Derek and Anne. Didn't quite know uh, the topic tonight, uh, re in time, so I'll ask the question that's been discussed a lot on Revelation TV lately, and it is prophecy, so I, it would be good if you could answer it. How long is a generation? It's 72 years now since 1948, Israel, of course, but how long is an actual generation in the last days that Jesus talks about this generation shall not pass, etc.? Some say 70, some say 80, so surely it's soon well it's certainly soon that of course that whole discussion is moot because uh, if that's the right word because Jesus didn't say it was a generation you see and, and everyone misreads that verse he says this generation will not pass away in other words the generation of people who see that event will not all pass away so what you're talking about there is a human lifespan if you take the words literally yes doesn't say generation, it says the generation will not pass away. The generation away. that sees the rebirth of Israel So the will not outer completely. limit is 120 years, because the biblical full lifespan is 120 years. So um, it could be up to 120 years, that's the extreme. But I, I think it will be less than that, mm. you know. Um, so it's certainly within our lifetime, because we're well into... You know, well, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and this is great, to actually, because, you know, very often, you know, we will be discussing the end times and it's the events and we'll be talking about the rapture and, you know, is it pre-tribulation, mid or post-trib or whatever. But it, I think um, this is slightly different this evening because we really are taking world events. We're looking at where and if the UK is in prophecy, mm. how all this lines up with what's actually happening in the world today. So, yeah, um, yeah this is a slightly different slant on where we normally go in yeah. our chats with end time prophecy. So, yeah, I mean, I will read the, the rest of as and when we go, but do keep your texts and emails coming through. We will periodically be putting those details up along your screen so that you can do so, because it's very much live and interactive here. So, um, yeah, right, okay, so where we, where are we up well, to now, Derek? I think one of the important pieces of evidence is to do with tin. Um, when Ezekiel wrote, it was the Bronze Age, and bronze is a particular metal that was used on a lot. And uh, the thing is, it needed 10% of it to it is iron, you know, sorry, 10% is copper, which they had plenty of, but 10% is tin. Now, tin was a very rare mineral, mm -hmm. uh, metal. metal. And mm -hmm. In fact, the major source for tin in the ancient world, and uh, there's a lot of evidence for this, is, was Cornwall mm. in the UK. In fact, we were known as the Tin Islands. And um, there's a number of sources which we won't go into. Talk about, you know, tin. Herodotus, for instance, says that the tin was obtained from the Tin Islands. And all the, you know, the archaeological things that they've discovered from Israel and from the region, when they've actually done the isotope tests, guess where they find that it came from Cornwall. Mm -hmm. So um, the, it, it would seem, and from Herodotus it seems it didn't come from Spain, although there, there did at some point there was tin in Spain. But in the time that in, of the ancient world, all the evidence points to the fact that tin came from the UK. That is actually, interestingly, that is the reason why the Phoenicians went to all the trouble to go to the UK 
to get those metals, especially tin, because you couldn't basically get it easily from anywhere else. That's actually, one theory is that's why the Romans invaded the UK. It, it's very interesting that there's a story in, in, it was one of the ancient records that the Phoenicians protected the location of the UK very much because although people knew how to sail around the side of Spain, that final bit of the journey, it's, it was four days journey in the open sea to, where, to who knows where, mm -hmm. but the Phoenicians figured it out, how to do the navigation. Mm -hmm. And that all the, if you read in Ezekiel um, 27, I think it is, it says all the pilots were from, from Tyre. They were their own people. And they protected the navigation uh, so that no one else knew how to navigate to, to Tarshish because it was a very lucrative market because tin, that was the one place you could get the tin. And there's even a story once when the Romans tried to follow the boat to, to find okay, out to how to do it. And, they, and the Phoenicians, they'd already agreed to do this. They shipwrecked their ship. Mm. on purpose, and the Romans followed them and got shipwrecked, just to keep the secret. And then wow. he was reimbursed, that was the mm. So they protected that very much. Mm. Eventually the Romans found out, and one theory is that the reason why the Romans were motivated to conquer the UK was to take control of this tin and the other metals. Now, if we go to Ezekiel 27, we get a very important verse. Um, this is like a prophecy against Tyre. Now, Tyre is where the Phoenicians operated out of. And it says, Tyre was your merchant. Tarshish was your merchant, sorry. You traded with Tarshish, in other words, because of your many luxury goods. So they gave luxury goods from the east. But Tarshish gave you silver, iron, tin, and lead for your goods. Now, we know that all those metals listed, silver, iron, tin, and lead, came from the UK. Okay, we, we mined all of that, uh, but especially tin. We were the, the major supply of tin. And so that absolutely nails it, that Tarshish was the main... Why would you do such a mm -hmm. difficult journey? If there was no value there in it. There had to be a lot of value. And they, used, they needed a huge amount of bronze. All their armor was bronze. All their weapons were bronze. You know, it was all bronze, mm. and they need a huge amount of tin, and they needed a big supply of tin, and that came from Cornwall. And, went, and, and, and all the in, yeah. objects they found had tin were, from that time had tin from Cornwall. So that, to me, is is very strong evidence that um, Tarshish has to be the UK because there are very few sources of tin in the world. Tin only is found where where there's granite. Mm. And, and uh, as we were saying beforehand, you know, you're talking about a lot of extra-biblical um, sources that confirm this. That I've got evidence yeah. um, that you can see out there. I mean, you were, you know, you were talking earlier. Yeah, the Greek on. sources and Roman sources talk about them doing this very difficult journey. Mm -hmm. uh, the, originally, the Phoenicians dominated the market. Eventually, then the Romans, um, and they would do these this journey out there and they made it very clear that that it was an island where they got this tin from was an island and that it was Tarshish. Amazing. So you know if you just put the clues together it, there is only one place yeah. where it says now for instance Herodotus says it, it's such a mystery he's the Greek this is during the time when the Phoenicians kept it all a secret he says, it's such a mystery, I don't know. I just know it comes from a long way away out there. Mm -hmm. and, and likewise, the amber. But, you know, we don't really know where it comes from. It's all very mysterious. Now, if it was from Spain, of course, 
there would be no mystery about it. But because the Phoenicians kept this mysterious, even Herodotus, the great historian there from a few hundred years BC, mm. didn't really know didn't where it came. He just yeah. knew it came from a mysterious didn't have place that exact location. so far away. So, yes, a lot of extra biblical sources confirm that the tin, source of tin was an island. It was Tarshish. And, um, it, you know, and then the Bible says that Tarshish was the supply of tin. Excellent. And, and so I think it's, it's quite clear. It's quite clear. I, I'm going to kind of just do a little bit of a, a slight steer here. Um, Germana writes in from um, Scotland and she says, uh, good evening. Uh, thank you very much for this, by the way. I, I think you're speaking on behalf of a lot of people up there. Uh, given Nicola Sturgeon's uh, obsession to break from the UK and remain in the EU, can Pastor Derek offer any reassurance for Scotland's future remaining part of the UK? I'm from Glasgow and its Christian slogan is let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of his name yes. you, uh, yeah I mean I just it's just taking me back obviously originally from Glasgow and you know you see that on the coat of arms and yeah absolutely yeah, yeah let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of his name so what would you say as far I, as Scotland I believe Scotland is, will stay in the UK do you? I do believe you see I believe that the UK will flourish now that we are free, that this is, you know, what I understand is that, um, you know, like we would sing, uh, Britain will never, never be slaves, we'll never lose our sovereignty. But, and it's, and it actually connects with, with the verse I'm gonna share in a minute, which talks about that, that Tarshish is involved in the regathering of Israel. Now it's true, in the First World War, that God gave Britain, Tarshish, a special anointing to that actually, because there were many great believers who saw in prophecy that Israel was, was meant to be back in the land, and that was the key to the conversion of the Jews, that they, 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 they had often high positions and they worked towards that. And of course, the Balfour Declaration in 1917 was a big step towards that. And so Britain was very much the power that, that helped Israel get back into the land as a nation. Now, God blessed us in that. But uh, uh, during the wars and, and certainly after the war, we, we broke our promise to Israel. And I believe at that point, that's one of the reasons why we came under the divine discipline. And, and of course, we lost the empire very quickly. But more than that, we lost our sovereignty. We, we actually came under the sovereignty of the EU. And that was actually a you know, discipline of God upon us. And that, that's in Leviticus, it describes that would happen to Israel. If they sinned against God, they would lose their sovereignty. They'd come under the power of foreign nations. And that's what's happened to us. So the fact that Brexit has happened is a sign to me that God, as it were, has forgiven us and he is giving us another chance. And, and his hand of blessing is coming back on this nation. Not that we deserve it, but he's, he has a call and a destiny for this nation. And we can't accomplish it while we're wedded to the EU. We, we need to regain our identity. We need to realize who we are. And, and, and Tarshish in the Bible has a special call of God upon her. And to bless Israel and also for, for the gospel to go forth from it. And we've seen in Christian uh, history. Yeah, you know. I mean, I was just about to say, you know, if you're talking about and our young lions, I mean, in terms of the blessing of Israel, that's been done greatly through uh, the United States. And um, I mean, that's really encouraging to, um, you know, now and, that we see we can identify who Tarshish is, that we are 
And once that God, again, God has not finished be, with us. Yeah. He, he still has a purpose might not, for us. Because we talk about God's not finished with Israel, and yeah, we've yeah. heard that said, and it's absolutely true. But I find it really encouraging that it's, you know, this is a way of saying, well, God's yeah. not finished with I, us, I because we, we are still some, going to rise up and bless Israel I in the future. I believe we have some great days ahead. And one of the scriptures that, that I base that on is Isaiah 60, verse 9. Okay, Isaiah 60, verse 9, it says, Surely the islands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first. So notice it talks about Tarshish as first among the islands. So again, it's an island. To bring your sons, and this is Israel, from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners will build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. Now that's specifically speaking about the, the millennium. At the start of the millennium, there's going to be the final regathering of Israel. And, but it mentions that Tarshish is a blessed nation and, and given a special place of honor, you might say, and, and, is, and is being used to, to, to bless Israel. So this gives me encouragement that when the nations are judged, you, you know, mm -hmm. that Tarshish will, will do all right. You, you know, we've failed in many ways. But I believe that... Uh, you know, we're, we're destined for a strong finish before mm -hmm. the Lord re returns. And uh, both in, in our blessing Israel and in our preaching the gospel of being a light, as we have done in the past, that we're going to rediscover that. And once we're free from the, 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 the power of the secular humanism that is coming from Europe, um, once we're free from that, that darkness, we will, you know, have a chance now for revival to hit us and for us to fulfill our destiny as we've done in the past you know the tarshish nations in the past have been you know to a great degree christian and and god has used them like i said in the two world wars so i get great encouragement from that and it's interesting that the, this final regathering of israel tarshish is involved and that's parallel to the initial regathering that happened a hundred years ago that began a hundred years ago, that Tarshish was the key power involved in that. So God hasn't forget, forgotten the UK, despite all our sins. Mm -hmm. God has a future, and I believe this is a time for the church to pray, particularly, that, that we discover our Christian roots as a nation, that we rise up in And that. this is the thing, Derek, because this is, this is how God operates through prayer, you know. Mm. I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to fall into the trap. Well, if this is what's going to happen, and if it's written in Scripture, then it's all, you know, it's all been oh, yeah. ordained beforehand, so you know, we don't really need to do anything. But God brings events about through the prayers through of individuals prayer. and, and the collective exactly. um, prayers of the nations as well, doesn't exactly. he? Amazing. Yeah. So where, where are we in all of this then, you know, in terms of, you know, where would you say, I know you're not sitting there with a crystal ball or anything like that, yeah. but just we, we're talking about um, in terms of the end times here, uh, we've identified uh, the UK in the Bible and the fact that God has not just a plan and a purpose for Israel, but a plan and a purpose for the UK and he's not finished with us yet. How do you see in the, the months and the years, what, how do you see this all? kind of being walked out? Well, first of all, I think this year is particularly important because by the end of this year, it's going to be decided what our relationship is with the EU. So first of all, we need to be sufficiently free that we are independent, mm -hmm. that we can trade with the rest of the world. We need to realign ourselves 
with the US and with the Commonwealth nations. We need to uh, expand, you know, I claim who we are. And part of that is that we're a trading nation. So I, I think we need to rediscover our energy and, and not just play it easy with trading with Europe, but really expand our trade to the, to the rest of the world. But with that um, natural stuff, I believe that, you know, it's like um, there should be a, a spiritual equivalent. So as, as it were, we reach out to the world and trade with the world again. Uh, we should also spiritually be reaching out to the world. And I believe God's going to cause the gospel to really rise up. There, there will be a revival. And we need to be ready for this and to really for the gospel to go out to the, mm -hmm. to the world and, and ask God that we would again be, as it were, a light to the nations. God will use many nations, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying we, we yeah, need to definitely. be ready to play our part. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I believe so pr at this, this year particularly, I, I believe, is a time for prayer because we're kind of out of Europe but not completely. Not quite yet, yeah. So it, we need to pray that the right exit is Yeah, and is, this is, is how done. we're, this is, you know... But the, also that we're spiritually ready now. because yeah. I believe God's got a big work for us to do. You know, and um, we we need to first because I think a lot of Christians are kind of depressed. They think, oh well, the devil's taken over the country, kind of thing. You know, but no, we 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 need to rise up and let our light shine. You know, like it says in Isaiah 60, gross darkness covers the world, but the glory of the Lord has risen on you. Yeah. And as we share the gospel, we can shine the light of the Holy Spirit, and we can change uh, this nation. And, and there's so much that I know we 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 want to get through, but I do want to um, come to some really interesting, um, you know, comments yeah. and emails. And Brian writes in. He says, as you say, that Tarshish meaning hard could represent Britain, and Jonah meaning dove representing spirit who disobeyed God's direction to go to Nineveh uh, to tell them to repent. When they originally repented, Jonah was not prepared to forgive them as God did by sparing their judgment. This is, as you say, might be the case that God was not so much concerned about Tarshish. If Britain and America are represented by Ephraim and Manasseh in prophecy, who have a close relationship with Arabia, then this is, as you say, that what would explain the present thrust of events. But the thing that might go against this for me is the new world order set up, um, which these nations are involved in by being attached to the mystery women of Babylon. There's a lot in this one. Um, but then God can, use, can also use bad nations to bring about his final purpose. Um, Britain and America now need to to repent and turn back to God. Have you got anything to comment there? Really some yeah. interesting points there, Derek. I don't think, I don't go with the Ephraim Manasseh theory. Right, okay. Myself. Right. You know, it's the idea that, the, it sounds like, you know, we're the lost tribes of Israel kind of thing. I don't, I don't go with that. Well, we... But, uh, but I would agree with a lot of... Right. We've got uh, Catherine who writes in and she's commenting on the Glasgow motto, which is again, yeah, um, Catherine, a very good point. Uh, she's agreeing, but she says, sadly, the original motto has been reduced to, and it's just let Glasgow flourish because the modern secular city councillors, as opposed to the founding fathers, uh, found this message in its entirety by the preaching of the word and the praising of his name offensive. Mm. And yet Christ's name remains written on the gates of Glasgow University. And, you know, we pray that it's never removed. That's really a, a good point there, Catherine. Thanks for that. Oh, yes, I, let me just add, I didn't finish my thought there. I believe because we will flourish economically, that the, 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 the desire in Scotland to leave mm -hmm. the UK will 
will will melt away. And so I believe the UK oh, will stay yeah. together. Yeah. And, um, and and Europe, I believe, quite possibly. It's not that I wish it, but I think that they, their economy will will suffer as a result of Brexit. And but Britain will bounce back pretty quickly. And just so, just on this, and I know you don't probably, <laughs> and we certainly wouldn't have the time to get into this. But um, hi, Anne and Derek, great show. Do you think that the UK is part of the Lost Ten Tribes of Israel? No, no, you just kind of. That's an old theory, yeah, but there's yeah. no basis. Um, for that. Just, just, I mean, if you can, just Even really, really quickly, um, you know, because you do hear a lot about that, and you find a lot of this stuff on the internet about, you know, the Lost um, Tribes yes, it's of called Israel. British Israelism, mm. but there's no basis for it at all. Yeah. In and fact, the, the tribes were never lost in the first no, place. I, yeah, I know. I, I did a study with um, um, Chuck Missler on that one, and I think it's in Peter and it's in James. I'm not sure. I could don't quote me on that. Where um, there's reference to the fact that you know the tribes were never actually lost in the first place. In Hezekiah's so. time, all the northern, a lot of the northern tribes came down. The population yeah. of the southern tribe increased sixfold. That's what the archaeology tells us. So the tribes were never lost. In the New Testament, it's clear that. He, said, he writes to the 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's clear that they, they're not lost and they are not the Europeans. Yeah. It, that, is, that is the flesh. Now, you might say, well, it's the flesh. I want to find the UK into prophecy, you know. But mm -hmm. it's the flesh that want, oh, well, we want, we're the true Israelites, you know, we're the lost tribes. But there's, the genetics is against yeah. that. We are, we are not Semitic. Mm. You know, I, I, and I would say, you know... The proof is simply there that Tarshish has to be... The UK. The UK. Uh, a lot of, in fact, everything that we've been talking about so far is in um, Derek's book, which is entitled The Imminent Invasion of Israel. And you can find a lot, there are a lot, obviously a lot more detail there. Mm. But what I found fascinating, particularly um, in the book, um, Derek, is as we reach towards the end of the book, you know, you give um, some kind of scenarios as to how you think potentially yeah. um, events might unfold. And I'm very conscious of the time so I really would like to touch on that if we can. Sure. Can I just say yeah. you can get, either get it from Amazon or you can get it from get the it from website yeah. oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk I'd like to see, I'd like to, I feel as if we should be adding on there of whatever good books are sold, but that's not the case. You can get it from Amazon or direct from uh, Derek's website. Yeah. But yeah, just just chat a little bit. Um, well, about in, scenarios. Yeah. Yes, about scenarios, because I think, you know, we've established that, you know, Tarshish is, uh, is Britain. We see the importance of Brexit. Um, it's very exciting that God is not only not finished with Israel, but he's not finished with the UK either. And, you know, just because it's the whole, you know, prophetic that we're talking about, mm. let's just maybe... Have yeah. a look at I mean, we, we already have the alignment, which is Turkey and uh, Iran, and and Russia. I believe it's Russia, although one of the people who who wrote in doubted that. But I don't think that the others would have the courage to attack Israel if they didn't have a superpower behind them. Right. Okay. Especially with America on the side of Israel. So, yeah. just from that reasoning, um, I believe that that's the case. But it still needs a trigger. But if you notice, what we have is those very three nations in Syria, right on the northern border yeah. of Israel. So already they're in position. Um, I believe it's an attack on the mountains of Israel, which is the West Bank. So I think the, 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 the cause of it will be to establish a Palestinian state. And I therefore think that the most likely trigger is that the Israel will be emboldened because of the Trump administration. They're feeling covered by America. They'll be emboldened to annex 
well, they're already talking about it. They're very close to doing it right now. And the Trump plan is, is kind of giving them permission to do it. The Jordan Valley and a big chunk of wherever the settlements are, they're going to annex that. It's almost certain they're going to do this. Now, when that happens, that could well be the trigger for Russia to say, this is unacceptable, we're not going to let that happen. We are going to quote the international UN resolutions that, and say, we can't accept that. And then they will do an invasion, backed up, of course, by Iran and Turkey, to overwhelm. And Israel won't want to fight Russia, you see. So Israel won't do anything. It won't necessarily rise to a nuclear war with America because it's not Israel itself that's being invaded but the West Bank. So that's kind of disputed territory. So the, Russia will calculate that they can do this and get away with it. So I think the trigger might well be the settlements. If that's the case, that could actually happen that be that quite far soon. Off. Yeah, that might happen, happen quite soon. And that's why the Trump peace plan is quite significant. And also with... Um, yeah, and, and I think Netanyahu would be keen to get on with it too because his, it's in doubt whether, how long he can stay in there. The other possible trigger is that because the Iran nuclear deal has, has, has collapsed, Iran's going to get close to having, going for a nuclear weapon, you know, in the next year or two probably. Iran, for Israel, that's unacceptable mm -hmm. and, and possibly America. And so Israel may feel they have to take out those nuclear facilities using some major heavy ordnance because they're quite well protected. Mm -hmm. That will be a massive trigger. And um, the way Russia and Iran would get back at Israel is by invading the West Bank and, and setting up a Palestinian state right on Israel's border there. And this is then where God intervenes. But God will intervene because he says it's my land. This is the heartland of what God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the nations are deliberately, they may not realize it, coming against God. Mm -hmm. God says, this is my covenant land. I've covenanted it to Israel. The nations do not have a right yeah. to do that. Uh, because now the times of the Gentile dominion has finished. And now God is going to intervene. And actually, God is actually initiates this in a sense. He puts a hook in God's jaw because it's time to judge. And it will be a judge on the House of Islam, as particularly, as well as, as Russia, but for the purpose of saving many in those nations. It's not that God's against them as such, but he's against the political power that, that they represent, in particularly coming against Israel. So the purpose will be to save many, even in those nations. Can I just ask, but I mean, what, what, what do you see as the world's response to this? If you've got this, you know, everything set up to attack Israel, and then you get God intervening, yeah. you know, where it's very obvious it's not the other nations that obvious. have helped Israel it won't be out. The idea. So, well, how is the world going to respond to this? How are they going? You know, are well, they going to says, acknowledge the fact that it's God? It says God? in the prophecy that that God will be glorified in the nations. There will be a window of opportunity that we must be ready for, where it will be so to under. Explain 
explain what, you know... Yeah, well, not only will it be such a kind of obvious supernatural intervention, I mean, God uses earthquakes, but basically they invade and suddenly all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Some um, people might say that's you know, coincidental or well, whatever, but... the thing is, it yeah, it's predicted. It's, yeah. See, we'll be able to show them. We'll be living... In, the Ezekiel yeah. prophecy is one of the clearest prophecies. Is There's nothing mystical about it. It's a, it gives precise details. And the fact that it's happened in a dramatic way... Mm -hmm. It will be one of the major divine interventions of all time, actually. Wow. And, and uh, not only, you know, it's bigger than Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it, it's, it's a massive thing. Um, and a total destruction of, of the armies, not by Israel, but by, by God, God, using the forces of nature. But it will be prophesied. And so it says, God will be glorified. Mm. He says, I'll glorify my name to the nations. So this will trigger a turning back to God. It's like the, the world will realize the God of the Bible and the God of Israel is still alive. And there will be a lot of, I believe that will trigger a revival in the nations. That's amazing. And this will be a great opportunity for us to preach the gospel. That's why I wrote the book on it, so that we would be ready because when these things happen, you know, it's like it's even September, you know, the, the Twin Towers, right? For the next few weeks, everyone was in church yeah. in, in America, right? But it, then after a few People weeks, life forget. goes back to normal. Yeah. So there'll be a window of opportunity. It may only be for a year when the whole world will be blown apart and they'll be absolutely wanting to know answers. Yeah. And that will be our opportunity. Uh, until eventually then normal life will resume, you see. And then everybody forgets yeah, and they yeah. go back to yeah, uh, marrying nature. and giving in marriage. But and we will have an awesome opportunity. Else. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. we'll be able to say, look, it was predicted here. You can't explain it any other way. And could it could it possibly be then that, uh, yeah, we've got about a minute left, but in at that point through the earthquake, whatever, the Dome of the Rock... Yeah. There's the potential for something to the happen. The Dome of the there. Rock has to be destroyed at some point. The temple to but be rebuilt. Israel won't do it. So I think the earth, there'll be a massive earthquake, it says. That's one of the means of judgment on these armies. And that's such a, yeah, and that's such that's and it's the in an symbol, earthquake area. isn't it? The if Dome that of the destroys Rock the symbol. Dome of the Rock, then yeah. that will make the way for the temple, the third temple to be built, which there are four prophecies that the third temple will be rebuilt, as an outreach to Israel, by the way. And, and the power of Islam, to a great degree, will be broken by this judgment, which will make it easier for Israel to rebuild. So something dramatic has to happen for the and third temple to be rebuilt. something dramatic has to happen um, in our lifetime. You know, we're, we're talking about events. It's, it's almost like they say newspaper in one hand, the Bible in the other, but we need to know what's in the Bible. And that's, of course, why we have the likes of this is the big Derek. One. Um, this Pastor is the big Derek one. With us. This is the big one. This is the clearest remaining event to happen you know, before yeah. the tribulation. Fantastic. So amazing, so interesting. Remember, um, we've got Derek's book here, The Imminent Invasion of Israel. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to the um, Oxford the Bible, Bible Church. Church website. Uh, but absolutely brilliant. Uh, never enough um, never enough time. Yeah. An hour just absolutely flies by and it's so fascinating. We live indeed in exciting times. So I just really want to say thank you so, so much, um, right. Pastor Enjoyed Derek. It. Look forward to seeing you soon. That's it for me for just now but of course much more here on Revelation TV so do stay tuned. Long live Tarshish.